Was it one of those guys who would go to the Greek Senate and yell a lot about how he was a big boy? I don't think so. I think this is just one of the weirdos. He goes, well, hello, I am a Greek man, and I'm here to tell everyone in the Senate that I'm large. And then they all go, get out of here. <laughs> That's, is this how democracy works in your brain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, they have a big, uh, they have a big floor uh, that a bunch of pompous people sit in and go, oh, bring in the next one. <laughs> Those people are all us, by the way. We're the ones saying, oh, bring in the next now, one. We're the cranks that come in to yell about like how the manga isn't good anymore. <laughs> yeah. Both things can be true are you whatever be happy hey everyone welcome back to the funny papers a show where three 30 something share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show doug i'm mike and with me are my friend sam doug invents capitalism again <laughs> And Jim. Husky Dumps. Today, we cover episode 36, part one of Doug. In all episodes that's of the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 36, part one's title is Doug Inc. So, uh, I don't want to be the type of asshole that does something like a Marxist analysis of cartoons, but this episode <laughs> kind of begs it. Yeah. We have to do it, right? So, I mean... This is a, a sh- this is an episode about Doug being the boss and having workers. Yeah, this is an episode <laughs> about Jim Jenkins' attempts to explain socioeconomics to children through the medium of him being a guy who has three years worth of running a cartoon studio for Nickelodeon at this point. It's awesome, though. Like. This episode's been done before, but this one's way spicier. Yeah, Yeah, the last time this happened, Dink was kind of a weirdo for being all gung-ho, hell yeah, capitalism. But the last time we did this episode, a Republican was still president, and so Jim Jenkins thought that the socioeconomic system, eh, kids will figure it out. Nope, Clinton's (laughs) in office now, and so Jim Jenkins needs to make it clear, this is how the world functions, children of America. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this one really delves into like the previous one was like hey we gotta make money we gotta work for people and now this one is hey we gotta make money we gotta get people to work for us right like that's the difference between those two episodes the previous one being uh what was it called like doug needs money or something the previous one was you broke my grill it has never had any other meaning that you broke my grill one the funny thing about this episode is that like it's almost on its way to being accidentally left-wing. Yeah! <laughs> uh, but they miss a crucial part uh, about the entire operation in which, like, Doug asks bus- his businessman, hey, how do I make money faster? And then businessman's like, hey, you should let people work for you. But then Doug pays all the workers exactly the same amount. Like, <laughs> Doug accidentally invents a co-op in this in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> Oh, the incredible. reason you get work- workers to work for you is because you can take the money that they make. 
<laughs> that's the entire <laughs> point. Especially like that's what Mr. Bluff was. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, he shit. reads in a finance book at one point and is just like, how do I make more money? And if that was actually an econ finance book, the first thing would be decrease labor costs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, there used to be a time, like, like, sorry, team, this is going to go real fast into real uh, econ chat here. Oh, uh, baby. The, uh, <laughs> the single core premise underlying all of left-wing economic analysis is something, the one of the things that Karl Marx said that nobody has been able to disprove, the tendency of the rate of profit to fall. Overall... Like the fir- when you first break into a new market when you're selling something nobody else has sold before, sky's the limit. You grow like crazy, but as other people start doing selling the thing you sell, you all start trying to find all those different ways, and you stop making quite as much money as you have to cut costs to compete with other people. And over time, that margin drops and drops and drops and drops and drops until ultimately the only way for you to make more money is to give your workers less. This changeover happened in the American economy, like the post-war economic boom for America. That rule looked like it had been broken. It had not, but we were the only country that still had a functioning economic base, so we just reaped all the benefits because no one else could compete with us. By the 70s and 80s, it wasn't true anymore, and the only way to keep profits high was to start clawing back down worker costs. And, well, that concludes with where we are now, with uh, half of all jobs having been replaced with gig economy work where you don't get labor protections. Well, that uh, fundamental principle can also be seen in podcasts because when we started this, we were at a certain point and then COVID happened and everybody had a podcast. And so therefore the uh, yeah, the market people... of competition for podcasts is just awful. Yeah. This, the non-existent Patreon donations have really dried up. I'm going to have to start promising more and more things to be on it. No, now it's gotten to the point where we've had to start paying for Doug episodes, so we've already did <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, no, extra <laughs> fees for shit. Yeah, we're at negative $200 so far. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we is a All strong right. word here. The other, yes. the other grim part about this episode is there's Mr. Bluff basically spells the moral out for you at the end, and it's awful if you just think about it for a second, but he's also 100% correct. Oh, yep. totally. All right, all right. So let's, let's get into this one. Uh, this one begins, it's another one of those episodes that begins out of a drive for, like, an object. Doug says, Dear Journal, have you ever wanted something so bad you'd do anything to get it? Yes, I've wanted an episode of Doug to be over before. Dominion of Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, this is also the exact inciting action for the comic book episode, too, right? Which was literally two episodes ago. Yep. Right? (laughs) Sick. Oh, man. Well, uh, what it is this time is Doug is watching a TV show wherein a guy on a skateboard is being chased by somebody in a black van. And the guy yells, <laughs> I'll get you, sidewalk surfer! You can't escape me now! Peace, man! The guy in the van looks a ton like Robotnik to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I do want to call out that our hero, the sidewalk surfer, the sidewalk surfer is referenced repeatedly over the course of this. At no point is he on a sidewalk. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's never, ever on a sidewalk. He's either in, like, the middle of the street or he's in, like, space. A desert. <laughs> yeah. Like, also, it ends with uh, the sidewalk surfer going into the canyon that Doug previously jumped using his dino wings in the... <laughs> Dino Loser episode. There's the exact same uh, bridge out area. (laughs) So maybe, well, maybe that means that the sidewalk server takes place in dinosaur times. (laughs) In at least in dinosaur car times. This is the only sensible way to look at things. Yeah. I mean, we always have to question shared canon in this show. True, true. (laughs) I think the most likely answer is that uh, they bought the filming permit for that set for the Dino Loser episode. And they just shot this scene while they were there. Of course, of course. So it's owned by... Well, okay, so that means it's owned by the same parent company. So this also leads credence to the guy driving uh, the truck behind him is, in fact, Robotnik. And he's chasing Sonic. And that is still... Sega owns both the rights to the Sidewalk Surfer and also to Dino Loser. The Dreamcast (laughs) was going to have a Sidewalk Surfer game. But alas, it was cut due to the fact that the Dreamcast was executed by the coward Mario. Music right, they were, they had to make that uh that Seaman game instead. If you remember the, God, you remember that game is just. I'm still fascinated. That somebody thought that game was a good idea. Did Leonard ruled. Nimoy do the voice of the Seaman? Yep. <laughs> Dear readers, Seaman was a, a a game where you talked to a fish that had a man for a face, and he answered questions for you. Revolutionary game. Anyway. <laughs> it cost like a bajillion dollars to make and nobody wanted it. Yes. I did. <laughs> yes. Excuse you. What did you want to ask? I wonder if C-Man? you can even play that on emulators now. Probably not. Probably, probably not. <laughs> Maybe someone's hacked it to use modern microphones. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, so we're going to bring that to the Twitch stream later. Of course, of course. I play C-Man on the Twitch. <laughs> My dream. <laughs> we'll, have, uh, we'll, we'll take input on what to ask C-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And we'll, no, we'll just do it so that, like, you're on the other end of it. <laughs> I'll just ask you questions. We just have a webcam, and you, uh, and you have, instead of, like, one of those little uh, green screens for the fish body... You just have a fish if construction paper stapled to the right. side of your head. Right. And you just, you just have a poster that says Sega Dreamcast behind your head. There's <laughs> a C-man behind me. Perfect. Not, nodding and licking my lips at it. <laughs> just licking the poster after reading it. Anyway, <laughs> so... So, uh, the sidewalk surfer, though, back to Doug, uh, the sidewalk surfer rides off into a canyon yelling gnarly, and, uh, the, it cuts to a commercial for the Smash-O skateboard that the sidewalk surfer rides. Uh, it shows that a kid is riding the, the, the skateboard. It's, well, in fact, it's not actually the same skateboard. It's like a, almost like a paper airplane, it looks like, uh, that he's riding on. And so he's, he's like riding it on a brick wall and then like through the sky around some mountains and then finally into space. There, there also big catchphrase in the jingle is that dogs love them too. 
Oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, everyone remember the viral meme of the dog on the skateboard? Oh, wow, boy. that's so epic. That's what it he is. He was wearing sunglasses. Oh, Fuck. yeah. <laughs> well, it's available from Punt and Grunt Sporting Goods or... <laughs> yep, moving on. The Smasho from Punt and Grunt. Yeah, <laughs> Which is that's a store that we know of, right? That's happened before. I think that's where you got the where you got the beat balls, right? It was from Punt and Grunt. Smasho is where I buy my condoms. <laughs> oh. Well Smasho's the company. So do they make condoms too? I go to the Smasho store to get well, my no, condoms. They, they, I have to get them custom built. Smasho doesn't have a store. Smasho contracts out to Punt and Grunt. They usually don't make condoms that small, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my god. You're not even listening to what I'm saying. You just want to Absolutely set up and say not. that. <laughs> You're just like, oh boy, it's my turn next. I'm just like the juggernaut running through a building. <laughs> Yelling tiny getting, penis, yeah. Yeah, getting my tiny penis a bit. Oh my god, sick. <laughs> thank god, thank god you've come, juggernaut. <laughs> God, the juggernaut's here. <laughs> yeah, said everyone forever. <laughs> hmm. Said all of the civilians whose office buildings you've run through. <laughs> Just splattered on my armor. Yes. Hey, oh, what a real hero. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also, you, you can get them from that store, or you can order by phone for next day delivery. Next day delivery, 1994, is so fucking funny. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> next day delivery, never... but between maybe the next month. Right, or that it costs $1,000. That's probably why it costs so much, is because they have to do the next day of delivery. Oh, shit, you're right, because he only, on jet. the only time that he asks what how much it costs is when he's on the phone. He never checks how much it costs in store. Yeah. So, huh, that's probably why it is so expensive. Fair enough. Also, like, it's a skateboard. Skateboards, even like a top line, stupid, expensive skateboard, is not that many lawns mowed in a wealthy Virginia uh, suburb. I don't know. As a former skater myself, I can tell you that, I mean, decent skateboards are like 150. If you're including like the board, the trucks, the wheel, every, uh, wheels, everything, like uh, it's like 150, 200 bucks. Yeah, but I just googled I googled the most expensive skateboard and it's twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> there you go, Jim. It's twenty thousand. It was made by Smasho. Yeah, <laughs> it has jets on it. Yeah, uh, perfect. I mean, and this the Smasho one, one does the uh, Supreme Monday does not. It just has a bunch of gold on it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, even more worthless. Right. <laughs> You ever well, wonder what the rationale is behind somebody who says, yes, I'm going to make a skateboard out of gold, and then I'm actually going to try to sell it? Uh, it's someone's going to buy this because people with too much money don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the M.O. of our last president of the United States, Donald Trump, is to make <laughs> gold into everything. Because it's sick. <laughs> right, because it's the most beautiful uh, metal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Believe me. We're having people looking into anyway. it more and more every day. <laughs> anyway, we've we need R. to R. we can we move on from him. He's gone. He's gone from our lives forever. Rest he says, peace. sweating. Uh so uh yeah, Porkchop dials the phone and hands it to Doug, but we find out that it the, the skateboard is crazy expensive. I needed money to get that skateboard. My first idea was to get it the old fashioned way, begging. 
Which got an actual LOL out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Good line, I, I think. I was certain. So the shot is, it shows, like, Doug, like, behind his head, and he's, he's, he's gathered his parents together for a meeting on their couch, and I was certain it was going to show Doug on his knees begging, but he isn't. He's just standing there. He has respect for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his parents... They they confer with each other. They like whisper back and forth, and then they're like, "Well, no, we can't just give you all that money. You should just keep saving. You'll have enough at some point." And thus ends the parents' involvement in the episode. <laughs> oh wait, no, well, dog's dad comes of. back later. Dad comes back for a very weird second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Doug is like, man, but. But with my current allowance, this is it's going to take me 20 years to save up enough money to afford this. In my notes, I have the sentence, well, I was going to calculate how much this is, but I'm guessing Mike is going to do it for me. <laughs> well, in my notes, I said, I'm guessing Jim's going to do it for me. <laughs> you gambled on me doing work, which is just really a bad move on all of your parts. But if we assume that the allowance is weekly... That is 20 times 50 at least. So from this, if it's 20 years, either Doug has a lot of outstanding debts he needs to calculate, <laughs> or this is going to be something, this is at least a $1,000 skateboard, assuming he gets $1 a week. Well, he also has to compensate for all the shakes that he buys at the Honker Burger, which has put him into crazy debt, maybe. And that, uh, yeah. trips to the tiny condom factory. <laughs> this does require that Doug has worked out the math on those expenses already, which involves Doug having an ability to think ahead that I just don't accept. Well, I think that's why Porkchop is doing the math, because Porkchop has a little calculator and he's typing it all in. So maybe Porkchop keeps a ledger. And he, like, uh, does it for Doug. Borkchop is skimming off the top because he knows uh, his owner is illiterate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that it. makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's how fucking Porkchop guts all that sick shit in his doghouse. Yeah, he's, been just, he's just been ripping it off. And you'd think that normally a child's allowance wouldn't suffice for that. But you have to remember, <laughs> Porkchop is spending them in dog dollars, which are seven times larger <laughs> than human dollars. <laughs> Yeah, he takes it to the he takes the human dollars to the dog bank, and they just go, oh, bark, 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 that's so fancy. And then they give him seven <laughs> dog dollars, and then he goes to the dog beer store, and he says, oh, bark, 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 give me your finest, stankiest natties. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of how we got drunk for most of the most of college. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a mountain. We don't dude. actually we don't actually say words to each other when we're at, when at a bar. We just go bar bar bar. <laughs> we go, it's the only oh, way you bar, can bar. access a special dog menu and the dog beers. The dog beers taste <laughs> yeah. awful, but they are cheap. <laughs> oh, bar bar bar! Give me a Mountain Dew with tequila in it. Ooh. <laughs> Sponsored by Red Lobster now. It's the, it's the dog margarita. <laughs> yes. It is, in fact, the official drink of Red Lobster today. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's called the Dugarita. That rocks. I, <laughs> the fact it? that that uh, <laughs> I'm so happy they made that decision just as the pandemic kicked into high gear. <laughs> like yeah. they're the ones who brought this upon us. Now forget blaming like China or bioweapons labs or whatever the hell. Red <laughs> Lobster did this when they made the beverage we got shit faced on in college something that was intended. <laughs> 
intended for general consumption. Getting oh trash boy. at Red Lobster is such a funny <laughs> idea. <laughs> and once it's this sort of like how there was the Club Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. I, I wanted to do my 30th birthday at a Club Applebee's. <laughs> what? But they didn't do any of them in Los Angeles. Can't Bullshit. imagine why. That's awful. <laughs> You should have traveled to a club, Applebee's. <laughs> well, if I had to drive out to, like, uh, Eastern California to do it. Man, I want to come with you. <laughs> I love the idea of, yes, we fly in, and it's just so we can go to Club Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, we fly in for, like, seven hours. <laughs> so we can go to Baker and then go to an Applebee's. <laughs> God. And we, tell, we tell all the staff that we flew in from across the country. There's actually but, yeah. a couple of these much closer to us it would have made a lot more sense to fly sam out but he's the birthday boy so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> birthday boy gets what he wants <laughs> and what he wants oh, is for somebody to grind on his junk in an applebee's <laughs> oh man we all have desires folks have you ever wanted something so bad you do anything <laughs> yeah. to get it yeah. <laughs> oh shit well, <laughs> going, to, going to Baker for that's so funny too, because Vegas is like less than an hour away. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! We got why we gotta go see the world's tallest thermometer at <laughs> <laughs> <And> Applebee's. <laughs> oh man! Well, <laughs> so Doug is—he's saying all this stuff about how he needs to save this money while he's mowing the lawn. Uh, and then Dink pops his head over the, the, the bushes and he's driving a lawnmower, like he's driving a ride-on lawnmower. And he talks a bunch of shit on Doug's hand mower and he says that he has the new coffee-powered, fuel-efficient grass blaster lawnmower. Lay epic. Yeah, <laughs> this really is powered by coffee XD. I'll <laughs> give Jenkins credit. He did anticipate like late 90s, early 2000s meme culture pretty effectively here. It's powered by coffee. Imagine and if it was ba- powered by bacon. No, it produces bacon. It's oh, powered man. by co- <laughs> oh, that's, you, that's a win. Oh, man. Epic it's win. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> and God. then there's the there's the lawnmower that's powered by beer. Oh, sick! You can only use that one at night after five, fellas. But oh. I won't. But I won't tell if you use it in the morning because it's five o'clock somewhere. Am I right, Dad? It's epic o'clock right now, son. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I had a brief blackout and there's blood on my mouth. Uh, did anything happen? Right before we were recording this, we were talking about how looking at old memes is kind of quaint and refreshing. <laughs> oh, God. Well, here we are. Well, uh, let's go. Let's all buy Big Dogs t shirts. Yes, of course. Can't wait till the nostalgia cycle hits young Sheldo. Indeed. Well, but what we see here while he's driving this, the the mower is actually producing coffee, though, right? Because you can see the drip in the coffee pot. It's producing coffee, and also Tippy is drinking some, so maybe she just, like, got it out of the mower. I don't know. It feels like this is a gag that was very unthought out. Yeah. Well, 
In classic formation of that, while we start to dissect that it might not work, the mower starts to buck and break itself out of nowhere, probably because the the audience started to realize it wouldn't work. Yeah, I also must stress, uh, it is not a question of, like, a machine would, like, start hitching or something. No, it starts bucking like a horse. Right. As it arches its back and attempts to throw Dink off. And I think this is why, for the first time, I think in all of Doug, we see in the background, Tippy looks genuinely concerned. Her eyes open wide and she puts her hand to her mouth. Like, usually when Dink is in some horrible torment of his de- devices exploding, she's just like, ha, ha, ha. But this time she's like, oh, damn. She's concerned because he's wasting a pot of coffee, that epic <laughs> beverage that we love to drink in the morning. God. Of course, of course. I'm just suddenly remembering that was one of one character traits that was allotted to like I watched Star Trek Voyager around this time and they gave the captain in that a grand total of two traits one is lady two likes coffee that was it that was all she got like yes coffee gotta have my coffee. I love it in from official stories. They uh, every time the coffee drinker drinks coffee, it's like they take a rail of meth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah, well, that's so good. I'm gonna jeopardize my entire crew because I heard there's coffee in that nebula. Actual line in Voyager. Voyager. Was oh my god! <laughs> that's some Did epic I- coffee. Does Voyager also include the classic Garfield-ass joke that follows in this? Looks like someone should have used decaf. <laughs> I'm not sure if it is, but I would not put it past them. <laughs> yes. Decaf is a fail. Am I right, gentlemen? Oh my god, you're so right. But I love the taste, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... You hear about this new Dink- Starbucks joint? Yes. Yeah, Actually, wait, it's about? not 95 yet. It's it, When is it that Starbucks becomes just a nightmarish uh, megacorp? Late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. Because it, it's gotcha. featured in Austin Power, so like 97. <laughs> right, right, right. I like that that's your benchmark for yes. knowing when something came out. Yes, most, most events I relate to uh, how far away they were from Austin Power's one or two coming out. <laughs> I believe you, and also think that that's a good metric. It's really the only sensible <laughs> way to track it. It is a pre nine eleven metric. <laughs> like honestly, you can split the nineties into two segments. The first segment is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and the second segment is Austin Powers Two. I was, <laughs> I was gonna. I agree with you, but I was gonna say Ninja Turtles for the first half. Yes, mm-hmm. I think they kind of. It's a land of contrast. They are fundamentally the same genre. Yes. <laughs> Well, Dink is just like, Douglas, while I get the missus to write a nasty letter to the manufacturer, could you cut my lawn too? I'm a writer, by the way. Right? <laughs> he's a fucking writer. <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, Dink is the writer. Why does he need to make Tippy write Dink, it? Dink knows not to work for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. And and Tippy just fucking walks away when he says this. He's just like, fuck you, man. <laughs> you read <laughs> it yourself. The coffee. What does Tippy do? She's a politician eventually. <laughs> Later, eventually, but we don't know yet what she does right now. She might be on the city council, actually. Oh yeah. That she makes sense. City council. Yeah. I believe that. Okay. Public uh, that's probably why she had to get the fuck out of there. She was just like, This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna ruin my election chances. Yeah. 
And then Dink says a phrase that I think is very uh, interesting here. He says, I guess there are some things in which science was not meant to meddle. Thank you for the moral for a completely different episode, Mr. Dink. <laughs> well, I think that's especially poignant here because something that he, he specifically called out on this lawnmower was that it was fuel efficient. Right. And if it's powered by coffee, that means it's effectively powered by water. Like this is an incredible device. Yeah. This right? is biofuel, except for not an absolute garbage uh, made up thing as a ethanol subsidy. I'm right. also powered by coffee, guys. Oh, am I right? folks? <laughs> Don't talk well, to me till I've had my coffee. Well, maybe here he's saying stuff to the extent of like, uh, we can't take away profits from the oil industry. We can't <laughs> like, try to change the world. We can't. But I think the gag that he's going for here, uh, like what I thought this was setting up for, was he was talking earlier about, uh, oh, you're doing it the old fashioned way. This is the new cool way of doing things. I felt like this was setting up for the classic Doug moral of don't try to improve things. Don't try to do better. If you buy this new gadget, it will lead you only to sorrow. And, You'd think that was the direction this goes, but it doesn't end up going that way, which is very weird. Right. I mean, I, I think that's what they were setting up for sure, like on purpose. But I think the subtext behind it is when he says that the thing was fuel efficient. And then he specifically mentions we shouldn't meddle in science in this. Right. It's like it's just like an interesting combination to me. It's like the Payday 2 mission where you have to go sabotage a water based uh, engine. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> On behalf of the oil companies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, good thing it wasn't made out of coffee. <laughs> and then somehow you're driving a helicopter out on the escape and it transforms into a van and crashes into the side of a building. The thermal drill, go get it. Play Payday 2, folks. This is a sponsored podcast. Uh, I wish. If we were sponsored by Payday, that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> Payday 2, the only game where you're tasked with holding down the SKPs from the elemental plane of cops. Yes. Well, uh, so Doug is like, hey, this, I, this, this is a great idea. I'll mow for you, Mr. Dink. And he says, uh, he's like, as soon as that money touched my hands, I knew what I had to do. And he's like, he's doing an awful job mowing Dink's lawn. He's missing like a third of the lawn, right? Yeah, it's not animated by people who have any idea how mowing a lawn works. <laughs> yes. Well, he starts to petition the entire neighborhood to mow their lawns. I mean, I guess, like, we sort of had this episode before, yeah. like, when they were trying to get people to, like, he was trying to get them to, like, let the, him lake, rake their leaves, right? But... I guess this is mowing lawns instead of car washes and raking leaves, whatever. Yeah, and this isn't done under duress. This is done under wanting yeah. uh, a skateboard. <laughs> and also, instead it's Virginia. fixing a grill. Yeah. It's Virginia. It's hotter in hell. Everybody here has about Dink's BMI. There's having a kid come around and say, hey, if you give me X dollars, I will do mow your lawn for you is a very tempting offer. Sure. Well, uh, he starts grinning at the cash that he gets, and he thinks about having the skateboard, and that puts him into a fantasy of uh, getting the board from Punt and Grunt at the mall. Uh, he imagines riding his new skateboard all around the mall, just fucking destroying the mall, 
and then stealing some flowers from a store in order to give to Patty and BB like a fucking Chad. <laughs> yeah. I was just laughing about Paul Blart ventilating Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin James just waddles up and says, you came to the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> you came to the wrong punt and grunt. <laughs> punt and grunt is also grunt. the subtitle for Paul Blart Mall Cop 3. Yeah. <laughs> he uh as so as he rides by on this board, Patty is like, "Who was that?" And then a bunch of nerds in bow ties poke their heads out and say that it was Sidewalk Surfer. <laughs> 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 Doug flies in the air and spins around a ton on the ground as the whole mall claps for him. <laughs> this is such a like common thing in Doug fantasy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone stood up and clapped. I mean, it beats the old fantasy. Because I rode a skateboard. <laughs> like, it beats his old fantasies that are all about how, yeah, I'm going, everybody's going to laugh at me for my failures. He's now starting to fantasize about good things happening. I guess that's true. Yeah, this is a little positive. He's like, hey, if I if I bought this thing, I'd be cool. <laughs> so I guess it's a commercialism thing, but whatever. So then after doing this, uh, Patty now knows who Doug is. And she doesn't say who's that anymore. And she goes, oh, Doug, you really are a sidewalk surfer. <laughs> and then okay. He... <laughs> And then he rides the skateboard outside, wherein he outraces bikes, race cars, and planes. <sighs> this goes on forever. It's super long. And he switches his stance constantly. I know he keeps switching from standard footing to goofy footing, from like which which uh is which of his feet is in the front. So he's a, he's a good skater. He can ride switch. <laughs> What the fuck is a switch? That's that's for all. It's a joke for all you skateheads out there, like I was. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah, no, I'm a cool punk. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, folks. Yeah, I was in high school once. <laughs> Not well, me. I flunked out. Of course, <laughs> I had to do Sam's high school for double. Indeed, I had to. Uh, I tried to become a professional skateboarder, uh, and it didn't work out. I landed on my head a few times, and now I'm doing this podcast. You had to take a few lessons in Texas history, and then you came back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Doug comes out of the fantasy, and now he decides. He decides he's going to go over to Hank's bank. And he looks at their listed interest rates, and it's fucking depressing today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Was it like 5% interest on uh, a five-year loan? Yeah, it was <laughs> a one, a one, get this, listen to this, dear reader, and feel depressed along with us at the current times. A one-year CD was a 3.25% return. <laughs> God. <laughs> a five-year CD was a 4.75% return, and a 10-year CD is a 6.5% return. Jesus. <laughs> sure is the Ooh. 90s. <laughs> you know why it changed? Why? 2009 financial crisis, mm -hmm. because we figured out, like, interest rates are a thing that is set by central banking, and... If you drop interest rates, it's a way to try desperately to get rich people to spend any of their money. 
The thing is, when you drop the idea, as had by the top free market economists, is because the rich have all this money, they will optimize, they will optimally allocate it and things will work out fine. In reality, what happened is Uber. Right. Uber has never made money. The reason Uber is cheaper than a taxi is because the people in charge at Uber keep on telling people with billions of dollars, no, really, once every taxi driver is dead, every one of our competition is destroyed, and we've convinced people who drive for us to go without food, then we'll start making money. Oh, man. Yeah, the entire point of Uber and Lyft is to ruin a unionized industry. That's one thousand yep. percent the point. It's and the not only even, reason they're not going to make money ever. And even with the all the labor law busting they've done, even then they've never made money. And the only reason they're as cheap as they are is because they've got these massive venture capital subsidies. In theory, this is a way to get rich people's money back into the economy. Functionally, it doesn't fucking work. The only way to actually fix this is to tax them however given that our current president was once charitably described as the senator from chase bank yeah guess on what the odds of that happening are (laughs) good i think it's gonna get better i think things are gonna improve and i'm gonna work for it some things will definitely improve which things those are i would not put big money on the finance department being one of them oh Well, Doug agrees with you here because he goes, oh, that'll take so long. (laughs) You raise a compelling counter-argument to my point. Right, that Doug agrees with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm having to reconsider some things. Yes. Well, just at this moment, Doug sees Mr. Bluff, the big business tycoon, uh, leaving the bank and shaking hands with some guy. And he says, you, he, he sort of fades out what he says, but you can barely hear the end of his statement. He says, I like it. I like it. I'll buy it. And then he ends with, and this part kind of gets covered over by what Doug is saying. He says, I'll knock it down and, and then you can't hear anything more of what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So uh, who knows? <laughs> Oh, hey, it's a house with a bunch of uh, people of a... Well, we're in Bluffington, so they could be any color. But I think that we can safely assume they're a color that he doesn't like, and their houses are not long for this world. Jeez. Well... Urban renewal, baby. (laughs) Well, Doug says to himself, he's like, Hey, Mr. Bluff, he's a big businessman. And I figured if anybody knew how to make money, he did. So Doug goes up to him and he's like, hey, I'm starting a business. And then Mr. Bluff fucking cuts him off and interrupts him to talk about himself. And he says, I remember champion. We all should respect this man. (laughs) Well, he says, "Ah, I remember when I first started out, I single handedly wrote the bumper stickers, put the sticky stuff on. Then I said, wait a minute. I'm rich. So I hired a lot of people to do it for me. And here I am today. Doug just like shrugs at this. And he's like, hey, did you hear that pork chop? If I hire people to help, the money will really roll in. Uh, I think you missed the key part of this premise, Doug. <laughs> right. It's not completely incorrect. But, yeah, I, was but just, I was just laughing about like, what if 
the driving force behind his employees getting pissed off is that they weren't getting paid the same amount as Doug. This would have been actual like left wing propaganda. If that was <laughs> oh <the> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I mean, yeah, like we we're saying, the thing that he's missing here is that Mister Bluff was independently rich, and to me, I mean, this is kind of like decent left-wing messaging of like oh the only reason someone succeeds in business is because they come in wicked rich in the first place right you can come up from nothing but it's amazingly how much easier it is when you can start off with a loan of i don't know a couple hundred thousand dollars courtesy of daddy right and that's what he's definitely doing here and in the case of mr bluff absolutely his family have been major landowners of the city area since i don't know fucking mayflower days yeah forever like we know that they're a they're a, a civilization or not a civilization they're no, their a, lineage like, stretches back to before the dawn of civilization yeah. we have pictures of bb a prehistoric bb analog right yeah they're definitely a big long dynasty like they're, they're the people who like uh they have combat with the illuminati and the like yodeling time cabal right of the town yes. these are the people who are the bad guys and or the good guys in the assassin's creed <laughs> series <laughs> right well that's why mr bluff is able to just contract out his bumper sticker making and so doug then he takes from this he's like yeah well definitely just go get some employees and so the next scene is skeeter uh lying in a hammock drinking uh lemonade from a cup and reading a comic book edenic paradise (laughs) yeah and he does, Jenkins does lay it on thick. Man, is it hanging out the best? Just lazing in the sun, drinking lemonade, reading comic books, and watching the grass grow? I guess I could do this forever. You want to work for me cutting lawns instead? Cool. I think also it's like, it's extra thick because when Doug first approaches, he casts a shadow over Skeeter, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's like full fucking like uh symbolism of like evil elite right yeah like this is full on here comes the plot right so yeah he just fucking gets pulls skeeter into uh out of his paradise to go do work i i also like that when skeeter uh mentions watching the grass grow pork chop growls at the grass because they're a grass cutting this we have to cut it we must kill the grass destroy grass <laughs> yeah well doug decides next he's like oh we gotta keep building the company let's go get some more fucking nerds in this to work for me so they go to find the sleeches and the sleeches are out the front of their house, and they are running a lemonade and computer systems analysis and programming business. They offer lemon. They offer Doug lemonade and to heal computer viruses. They're saving up for a thirty eighty. Well, kinda. They say they're saving up for a new digital audio synthesizer card, and. This part is awesome because they say it makes computer games sound more real. One of them says that, and then the other one does a fucking butthead laugh. Yes. 
It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) That's what I I do when I think about graphics on computer games. No, no, audio, even. Audio? We're trying to earn money for a new digital audio synthesizer card. It makes computer games sound more real. Uh, To further blur the line between reality and computer. Until both are one. Mike... You're the one who introduced us in the first place to what voice acting sounded like around this time. <laughs> yeah. Yonder's the crystal cave. There you will find the Yeti. <laughs> yeah, you need that in full, perfect crystal clarity. You will no longer know if you are in reality or hell. <laughs> I was going to say a combination video audio card is a funny idea, but that is all video cards, actually, because HDMI does audio. <laughs> Kind of, yep. yeah. <laughs> and then when they say, when they talk about how they would need to blur the line of reality and computer, uh, they touch their noses together, which I think is very sweet. <laughs> they just start making out. <laughs> they do. As twins do in moments of high stress. Indeed. Back can up on this confirm. One, and they're doing it in front of Brian because they have their computer out there with them. Brian requested it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Brian was like, tell me what it sounds like so I can synthesize the sound. Let me record this so I can put it up on the dark web. (laughs) But first, do your fucking butthead laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they reveal they haven't made any money yet. And they open their their box, their cash box, and all that's in there is a bug. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We've made one cool bug, though. Yeah, someone paid us to cure their computer virus by giving us a cool bug. <laughs> it was a worthy trade, Doug Funny. <laughs> yes. They tell them that perhaps people are frightened by their superior brains. That's what I say all the time when people recoil in horror when I'm talking to them. <laughs> That's what I say when I tell people why our podcast is still small. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast is still small because we're growers, not showers. <laughs> and people are frightened by our superior brain. Right. It takes a superior brain to do left-wing economic analysis on a 90s cartoon. Nobody has ever done this before. Yeah, we're what new are and 80 per, What are 80% of all podcasts about The Simpsons? Right. <laughs> Well, no one's done it for Doug before, though, because that, no that is true. We are the first no ones. We're the first no Doug <laughs> review podcast that made it past season one. <laughs> no one's had the moral spine to get as right. far as us, <laughs> or the brain, the intellectual damage. rigor, yes. the pure raw discipline, <laughs> the discipline, focus, and requisite number of jokes about incontinence. <laughs> Oh, well, Doug says to him, he's, he sidles up to this stand and he's like, well, how would you like to make some real money, boys? Do that thing where you rub your noses together again. <laughs> yeah. I'll get a camera. I'll get my dad's video camera. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll put it in our monster movie. <laughs> Two nerds making out the ultimate (laughs) monster. (laughs) Oh, well, they, uh, they stayed sure it smash cuts to their, uh, lawn care business. Uh, everyone is cutting the lawn together and having a great time. 
And then they take a break to have some lemonade together. But there's none left for Doug after everyone else takes a drink. Aww. <laughs> Symbolism. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard being Also boss. note that the dog gets to have a drink before Doug does, which... Oh. Yeah, obviously. Interesting. I mean, the dog is the master. He's always the smart one. Like, he's the one who can read and, like, makes he's decisions. The DJ. Yeah. <laughs> has, a, has a refrigerator full of beer. <laughs> oh, well, they, they, they're calling their lawn care business four guys and a dog. And then they have, like, a soundtrack that's, like, Yoshi's Island music. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's very fun. Aw, very tropical. <laughs> yeah, they're having a great time. Porkchop is even just playing music and doing little bullfighting Toro things to get him to move the, 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 the lawnmowers in time. It's fun. Yeah, Everyone it's, loves work. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. These are the good times. All right, let's go. Yeah. But then they, they're like, man, the money was rolling in. But then out back again because oh he has to pay his workers. <laughs> so yeah, he he pays all of his workers the same amount that he gets paid, which is like the intellectual basis for like a co-op business. Yeah. Um, and if you have employees and you're just trying to make money, you shouldn't be paying them like the same amount you get. Like it, that's how society should be set up. That's how it should that's, be. <laughs> yes, that's how society should be set up, but like there's no point in hiring employees uh to make more money because like you'll do the lawns faster but if you're splitting it evenly like it'd be just as easy and just take as much time as to do one person doing one lawn right yeah. i guess in unless doing your this... idea is that by having the business set up like that you can coordinate you can make it all like there is way to scale this stuff up yeah but unfortunately as doug is going to discover he's going to take this organization backwards <laughs> as he attempts to make it bigger right but you say that you say that he pays everybody the same he tries to skimp pork chop he yes. tries to just <laughs> give pork chop a quarter and then pork chop growls at him and then i counted the bills he actually pays pork chop three times as much as anybody else's take including his own <laughs> well, pork chop's the actual ceo then. i think so i mean pork chop's the one who drew up the paperwork like, we know that Porkchop skims off the top of Doug's allowance, so yes. he's probably just trying to skim off the top of the business, too. Makes sense. Uh, but Doug is just like, but no, I want more money faster. Folks, I need money. Everybody needs money, folks. In this economy? <laughs> yes. And so Doug re starts reading a crinkled old book called How to Make Money Faster. And he out loud, he tells us, to increase your revenue, you have to expand your market. Well, it would say decrease labor costs, like I said before. <laughs> <laughs> However, that said, this is one of the other bits, like a uh, tendency at the rate of profit to fall thing. Like, if you can expand your market, yes, absolutely, that will expand your revenue. Here's the catch. If you're going to expand your market, you also need to increase labor to support your new amount of work which Doug does not do and 
this is where the problem kicks off. Because like every small business tyrant before him, realizing, okay, I got kind of a stable footing here, but I want to make more. Let's give my people all more work to do. We'll bring in more money. And if I find the right way to coach them, they can do more work. Note that mm. this way I'm doing none of the work and just trying to coach them. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've actively reduced the workforce by one and made them hate me. Uh -huh. That's Doug's, that's business, Doug's idea. That's what it says in the business book, baby. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the main antagonist between the boss and the worker here is that they're being overworked. Note that they're still getting paid the same amount of money and the boss was working before he t took on the coaching idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, because he wanted to make the transition from worker to pure management. And you know what? I will say, it is possible management does become a necessary part of an enterprise. However, when you suddenly take away your own responsibility to anything besides backseat drive other people, there will be some resentment. Right. You should probably arrange to, I don't know, maybe you could try partitioning this a little bit. Maybe sharing these responsibilities and making it clear these other people who, again, it's not like you established you're the boss. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't call it the, the episode of the title, Doug Inc. I'm surprised they didn't call the, the mowing company that, right? Yeah, like, right. if you have a setup where these guys have a say in how the business runs... Then this becomes a lot more bearable, but because Jenkins is working in his own frustrations with how management works, man, this was so much easier back when we were a small operation and we all just kind of did a little bit of everything. And now it's, I gotta be a project manager and I gotta coach all these worthless slobs. We gotta produce more <laughs> and more crap and God, I hate it. I remember back when we were all friends. That was nice. Right. Yeah, and we eventually get to the point where they don't want to go back to everyone being friends in the same business. It's, oh, uh, we can't work together. Let's go to Six Flags. <laughs> kind of. As opposed to, you know, it's possible you could just, you know, scale back. You don't have to grow your business forever, Doug. You grow or you die, baby. That's business, folks. <laughs> you got yourself, like... As we're just going to go on ahead just a little bit, the uh, everything was working perfectly, small business tyranny, yada, yada, yada. And then Doug goes into the fantasy of as the business continues to grow. And this is one of the first points where it becomes obvious that all the fantasies in this episode use a different color scheme than reality. It's all very primary colors, which is weird because Skeeter's skin tone changes completely. Mm -hmm. And just Doug is fantasizing about how Ah, the Emperor needs this and the Raja needs that. Skeeter, go mow their lawns. And he's talking with his comic broker about some dumb crap. And I'm a big, powerful businessman. Yay me. I Okay, so in that fantasy, so they are running now running 2,500 guys in a dog lawn care. And they have like a tacky neon sign for it. The world's uh, biggest co-op. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. This would so, be crushed by whatever state uh, runs this government, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah. especially because like uh, it's like a global company now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so here's the interesting thing about it being a global company, right? He's got uh, pins. So he had pins in like the map of Bluffington and where their customers are. He's got pins in the map of the world now, right? And this map of the world looks nothing like the real world, right? Like the continents are crazy fucked up. It's uh, all so Saudi Arabia. 
I, I think it's something like that. Because the reason I say that is because he, he just says, The Raja wants his lawn trimmed, and the Emperor's rock garden needs a wash and polish, so uh, take the jet. But he doesn't say, like, the Emperor of where, right? So it could be the Emperor of Earth. Uh, yeah. So this, in the future Who, now, as we know from in-podcast lore, is currently male pregnant. Of course. Wow. Well, that, uh, yes, that, uh, that bonus feature hasn't come out yet. But uh, the... So we know that if if those titles are like global titles, like who fucking runs this world now in this fantasy? It's King Sod. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there's been a Raja since, you know, the British Empire stopped running India. Mm-hmm. So perhaps in this world, the British Empire still controls India for some reason? Question mark? <laughs> well, maybe the British Empire controls the world. <laughs> And this, and the Emperor of Britannia. <laughs> ah, yes, that makes perfect sense. The United States never broke away from England, so it's still a colony. Yes. <laughs> and Queen Victoria died early on, meaning that Albert took over as king and mysteriously didn't die. It all makes perfect sense. Don't ask any more questions. Also, BB in this fantasy is Doug's secretary. Yes. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird side note. It means that he's subjected uh, the Bluff family under his own corporate rule. Finally. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Funnyton instead of Bluffington. Right. It's Funnyton. And also, Welcome to Funnyton. Put the mask on. I also... <laughs> I also like that he calls Skeeter Babe in this one. <laughs> yeah, good for them. They finally got together. Yeah, because Skeeter's in his office just hanging out. And when Skeeter asks if he's talking to a stockbroker, he's just like, nah, babe, I'm talking to my comic book broker. <laughs> Sick. It's very good. Well, so out of this fantasy, we come back to uh, uh, the planning meeting in the garage with Doug and Co. again. Uh, and then this is when Doug's dad just like awkwardly shows out and screams to them, "Hey guys, how about going to the park and hitting a few?" You don't fucking... like hitting. You're a pitcher, right? Fuck. Well, no, it's probably that Doug's dad wants to pitch, and he just wants the guys. Yeah, to he hit just the wants ball. to strike out a bunch of ten-year-olds. Yeah, he wants yeah. to dab on a bunch of like a uh, elementary schoolers. Yeah, as Brock just... did remind us, that does make you feel powerful. Of course, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, his uh, his intonation reminds me of that that uh, animation Irving the socially awkward bee. It's <laughs> 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 just like, oh guys. <laughs> Hey guys, how about going to the park and hitting a few? Hey, hi. My wife told me I can't stay in bed reading anymore today. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's no wind out for flying kites. Uh, well, everyone but Doug wants to, but Doug is just like, no, nah, we gotta work. We gotta, we got a long day at the office, folks. We Doug, get- <laughs> it's lawns. You can only mow a lawn so many times in a week, Doug. We gotta get another pot of coffee brewing, boys. (laughs) Well, they're just like our business grew and grew. And all he could think about was mowing lawns. And then this is when, like, Doug just gets into coach gear. Like, you were talking, Jim, about how he turns into a manager. And just the worst fucking kind of manager, too. 
Yeah, it just totally stops working and just starts telling people what to do. Which I right. guess if they're making the same amount of money is less obnoxious, but still. <laughs> like he's telling them what to do, but also he's drawing up these incredibly complicated diagrams as opposed to I mean, there is a thing you could do for this one, but it's just okay, make sure that uh, everybody individually has the uh, set of lawns that are next to each other. That's it. That's all you can really do to facilitate this. I mean, or you could even just split them up into different parts of the town, which I think he was trying to do, but they didn't. They ended up yeah. just all mowing the yeah, same spot anyway. It's funny to me that Doug, like, totally flummoxes the smartest kids in school with what amounts to, like, a football play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I do appreciate that this is truth in uh, fiction insofar as, well, the smart way to do this takes about 15 seconds to figure out, and maybe you could stretch it to an hour if you were really trying. But because Doug wants to be a manager and not a worker, he does say, well, because I'm putting this tiny bit of effort into coordination, I don't have to mow lawns anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he's all like a dressed up like a sports coach because he's like, hey, I'm going to be a cool manager. I'm going to make a sports metaphor. You guys like that, right? That's increasing morale, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Doug Funny, two-thirds of your workforce does not even know what a sport is. Right. The remaining one-third of your workforce is the Silver Skeeter. <laughs> they also have a uh, a board on the back of the, like, the three tenants of lawn mowing. The first being, be polite. The second being, act professional. And the third being, smile when you ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Actually, I mowing the lawn, <laughs> optional. Yeah. I like that one. It's just like, damn, all right, well, please. that's you gotta say Money, please, please, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> oh man. Well, it cuts to everybody trying to mow the lawns together, and then they just can't everyone's fucking it up, and Doug's just yelling at him with a megaphone, and then they all just slam together in the middle of the street because he's making it worse. Skeeter, you're cutting Moo's lawn. You come over here. Moo, go out. Watch out, back is grass. Al, 34 Holy Link. Peter, now you're cutting it out, Lon. Come over here. Move! They cut off their legs on the lawnmower blades. It's awful. <laughs> right, on the fucking pavement. They're driving a lawnmower on the pavement. Did you get the footage of that? We could use it for our monster movie. <laughs> right. And every- <laughs> yeah. And everybody collapses as Doug only pays Skeeter. He doesn't pay the Sleege twins. And everybody collapses and he's just like, oh man, I wish we could get the old Doug back. And then Porkchop has an idea. We cut to the next day of Doug drawing on a, on a, he's got a little thermometer for his goal for the skateboard, but it's totally empty. And he's like, oh, only seven more lawns. <laughs> His drawing doesn't have anything filled in. And then it turns out that Porkchop's idea was to throw a worker strike outside of Doug's garage. This is how much Doug sucks. He has a worker's co-op and his workers go on strike. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. They say that they're on strike because he's a slave driver. And Doug's just like, we don't have time for a strike. <laughs> oh. I have rent to pay, question mark? 
<laughs> I have skateboards to buy. <laughs> but he says that we say that we won't work again until we're friends and not slaves. And note that no point Doug does not give in to these demands. He just shutters the company. <laughs> No, yeah. He just fires everybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He just says, well, if that's the case, you're all fired and I'll just mow on the lawns. And then he does. (laughs) Also, the fact that he goes and mows the other seven lawns proves he can't do math. Like, Doug, if you don't have to share the money with people anymore, you just, uh, like, all you got to do is mow two. Uh huh. <laughs> that is true. You'll oh have enough left over for a milkshake at the Honker Burger. It'll be great. Well, maybe he was saving the money to give to them anyway. Maybe he was giving them paid leave. <laughs> striking his employees' paid leave is an alpha move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could have been. Uh, if, you're, if you own a company out there and your employees go on strike, it would be a very cool alpha move to still give them money. It would own yes. me, the stupid liberal. <laughs> It would yeah, make you look correct. very strong and powerful, <laughs> nodding into the microphone. I mean, honestly, it'd also probably fuck up morale for the strikers pretty solidly, just because, I mean, all right, if we're still getting this, well, shit. Yeah. I just would have thought that would happen. Well, I mean, if my, my thought process would be, hey, I'm getting money for not working. Why would I ever work again? <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> Shut up. You're ruining it. You're ruining the plan. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> Doug fucking does it. He gets all the lawns mowed, and he says he can finally have what I worked so hard for, but somehow I still wasn't happy. And then he and he goes to the, the mall, and he stands, and he looks at the skateboards. And he's, and he's like, I, I can't believe I'm not happy. Then he thinks about the Yoshi's Island music, which, to be fair, that's what I do, and it works pretty well. <laughs> What are you picturing while the Yoshi's Island music plays? Wait, maybe I don't want you to answer that. <laughs> anyway, right. It's just it's just you owning me and Jim at math problems. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, Mr. Mr. Bluff shows up, and he has purchased one of these skateboards. <laughs> He's holding it under his arm like, hello, fellow kids. Yeah, I was about to say, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. Also, in the background of this scene, there's a sign that says, cheese holes 25% off. <laughs> oh, baby. Like, I get okay. those cheese holes. Yeah, I gotta mm. get them cheap. I gotta get them on the cheap. Oh, well, he says, uh... He's Doug talks to him as as he Mr. Bluff calls him Dirk the little businessman. First he calls him Dirk, then he calls him Dirt. <laughs> Better bad the worse. Uh he says he says to him he says, "Excuse me, Mr. Bluff." He's like, "Well, I'm my name's Doug by the way." And Shut what up, care. <laughs> And what would you do? If all your friends who you who worked for you got mad at you and went on strike, and Bluff Bluff fucking scowls at this. <laughs> How fucking dare you waste my time? Don't say the S word in my company. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, I don't know what that is. La 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 plugs his ears. <laughs> and he says, You can always get new friends, but a good business is hard to come by. You can only inherit so many of them from your father. 
Right. <laughs> right, if you ruin that one, you'll never be able to make a new one again because all your ideas are shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, all the money you spend educating your kid in a school you made explicitly for her, and all she wants to do is talk fashion. Oh God, this business isn't gonna last the next generation. I'm ruined, <laughs> ruined. I tell you, are you still here? My legacy. <laughs> Why couldn't I have had a boy? <laughs> oh God, like this Dirk fella. Yeah, he's dirt He's man. a businessman. Yeah, he's, he, he's got a real business head on his he shoulders. He looks kind of similar to that kid who I told to t- pretend to be CEO of the factory for a day. Right. Wait, you pay all your employees the same thing? Never mind. Get the fuck out of my sight. <laughs> yeah, give me back the key to the squash court. <laughs> well, he says, uh, let me give you some important business advice. Don't tip the driver. <laughs> right. <laughs> a tip of anything over 10% tip is impossible. <laughs> they, theft. Um, yes, it's just total theft. <laughs> he says, people are either your employees or they're your friends. <laughs> and this is what I was talking about, how it's a correct moral that's horrifying in the abstract. Like, if right. you're not, like, totally brainwashed by American economics and you listen to that, <laughs> you're just like, wait, you can't work together and be constructive and that's absolutely true like there's a there's a if you're in a business relationship with somebody and you're employing them there is like a coercion there and that's inherent to it yeah there is a horrifying yeah there's a core (laughs) principle of yeah no you can't really be like the power differential is there as long as you continue to work at my sufferance we're not friends that's just not the way this can work I can like to think you're my friends, but uh, when the choice comes between the money and you, it's my job to make sure that uh, I pick eh. the money. <laughs> what if they give uh, cool pizza parties and f- snacks in the break room? Mandatory though? fun. Yeah, what if they require you to go to a bar night and, uh, <laughs> and talk you to your... And out if you don't go. Right. <laughs> Yeah, what if you don't get a raise this year because you didn't go to the corporate fun night? <laughs> oh God. Why didn't you have fun? Why aren't you a team player? We're Why supposed to we're... be friends here. <laughs> oh, God. Why won't you hit on Derek from accounting? <laughs> yeah, any, I think anybody that wasn't born in America hears that. People can be either your employees or your friends would be absolutely, objectively horrified. Yeah. <laughs> 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 God. Right. Here in, and in England, we're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah Doug, Doug is just like, wow, thanks, Mr. Bluff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. You've explained everything. These people exist to provide me money. And that's kind of transitions to the next scene. Because Doug Where There's has... a very important detail I brought up earlier that's going to become relevant. Yeah, but first, so Doug asked the guys over, like the guys from like, uh, you know, Skeeter and the Sleeches and Porkchop and everyone in there is fucking standing at attention, right? Like everyone's like standing with their hands behind their back, like standing up straight. And Skeeter, before Doug even says anything, Skeeter says, Doug, Doug, I can explain about the strike. <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried to, I briefly had some <laughs> flicker of self-respect, Doug. Please, Master, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't can... fire me from this job that I t- 
volunteered to do and didn't sign any contract. And, oh, God, fuck. You can cut my pay, Dad, Doug. Please. Oh, God. I do appreciate that Skeeter instantly gives in, but the Sleech brothers don't say shit. The Sleech brothers <laughs> yeah. are just here for like, no, no, like... We're here to make a real fucking scene on our way out the door. Just starts hitting Skeeter and calling him a scab. <laughs> <laughs> the Sleech I mean, brothers have already taken a dump in all the lawn mowing equipment. Well, that, they probably just did that on their first day in the job anyway. <laughs> they were doing important measurements on how much dump would be dissected by the lawnmower. Performing important experiments on the waffle stomper quotient. Yes. Well, I mean, and remember the Sleech twins were the ones that were starting like a, a underground protest organization against Bone, right? Like yeah. in the newspaper episode. So yeah, they would definitely be the ones who would be like running a labor protest. <laughs> Either running a labor protest or they're one of those weird libertarian types where this is, as far oh. as they're concerned, sabotaging a rival uh, business owner. Oh, right. you're right. They uh they they don't like capitalism, but they think it's a, the fault of the workers instead of capitalism. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's shit. Maybe that's it. That's oh, the God. reason why Doug, that's the reason why Skeeter is apologizing. He's not apologizing to try to earn favor with Doug. Earning favor with Doug is piss easy. Easy. <laughs> He's trying to apologize to win favor back from the Sleech brothers. And this does fit in a bunch with our idea that in the gritty reboot, the Sleeches will get super into Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh God. The Sleeches, actually, no, this episode is the reason why Bitcoin happens, because the Sleeches discover that actually working for a living sucks, and if you could get some idiots to give you money for no reason, that would kick ass. What if we could use something that involved very complicated use of Brian? Fiat right. currency is inherently unfair. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a, a form of money that takes several thousand watts of powers per transaction. I know what to do. We're not making any money uh, taking computer viruses off of people's computers. What if we put them on their computers? <laughs> <laughs> they just make a fucking malware. They develop right? ransomware. Yeah, it's uh, they develop bit like viral Bitcoin miners. Right. <laughs> well, that way we can do work doing nothing, or we can earn we money doing nothing. We can earn money while playing on Brian. Glorak! <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Well, Doug, he tells them, but whoa, 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 hang on, Skeeter. I've called you all over here because I want to show you the sick shit that I bought with my money. <laughs> Just dabbing on people. Yeah. Yeah. To the Sleech's credit, they respond, I don't care about the stupid skateboard he bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Doggy has the box for the skateboard. I don't know how he got it. Maybe he just dug it out of a dumpster. He bought it alongside because he realized that he could because it wasn't shipped at all. <laughs> exactly, right? He hunted down Mr. Bluff and uh, just rummaged through his garbage because he knew that he'd bought the box and they would be throwing the box out promptly. Right, and throwing the skateboard out. So he just also that, yeah, he too. has the skateboard now. Yeah. Well, so, but he, he opens the skateboard, and oh boy, inside are four hats and four tickets to Funky Town. And he what? says... Now, he the says, funniest thing about this, at no point do they set up Funky Town. They don't explain. No. There's nothing as to, like, n when they say, oh boy, it's tickets to Funky Town, as a viewer, you're just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, excuse like me? Like the song? <laughs> Like the song, and then it turns out it's some kind of Six Flag thing. But there's a detail that I caught that's very interesting about Funky Town. 
Remember I've had a bunch of uh, fantasy sequences throughout this episode, and during those, the color scheme gets all wonky? Okay. Guess what the color scheme's like in Funky Town. Oh, shit. This even, doesn't even on, actually happen. Even on the kids? Are the kids that color even scheme? Even on the kids. The kids oh. are the same weird off color. Fuck me. All right. Funky so Town def- isn't real. <laughs> Funky Town that is ex- an idea. That explains why it's so, like, obscure. Why it's so, like, a, they're like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? No, I guess they're excited <laughs> about it. But, like, I mean, maybe Doug was just like, yeah, I built it in my garage. This whole place is Funky Town now. And I will <laughs> fucking bet you that this is a case of them reusing. Like, they didn't. They had a different ending for this episode planned originally. And at some point, they had it drawn up that the conflict was that Doug had told them, actually, we're doing this so we can all go to Funky Town. And it turned out that, no, actually, that uh, that what doesn't what he's doing, he was doing it for the skateboard. And then he learns a valuable lesson about how a skateboard isn't as good as being friends. But then they realized, wait, shit, that's too complicated. We can't fit that into 11 minutes. So I guess he just takes them to Funky Town, noted place that exists. He's like, you know what the real Funky Town is? Getting back to work. <laughs> <laughs> real Funky Town are my profits. Yeah. God. I, uh, they, he did buy like four Six Flags hats for everybody. And I was just laughing, thinking about he bought like one sexy Lola Bunny hat for uh, poor Chuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah well and, and again Porkchop's allowed in here Porkchop can go, fucking go in anywhere yep. just ride the roller coaster yeah fuck your town I spent my money on the trip to funky town but it was worth it I decided that my friends were more fun than a skateboard any day yeah the episode just abruptly ends with the sharp like hairpin turn into funky town (laughs) funky town funky town oh well that's the end of the episode yeah they spell the moral out and it's grimly correct (laughs) i guess it's that friends are better than money i think that's supposed to be it and you can't be friends and employees at the same time And that's it. I guess. I mean, that's the. Do you think that's the moral they were going for? And I guess they sort I of. I think make it, it is. I think. Yeah. They, yeah. They like that was established. The one that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is Jim Jenkins reconciling himself to the fact that it's not like it was back when he was a struggling artist back in season one. Now mm-hmm. he's a project manager, and he can have friends or he can have employees. He can't have both. Oh God. <laughs> Related. Uh. There's a number of writers we haven't seen since season two. Well, it's a good thing that we don't make any money on this show, my friends. Thank God. Thank God. High five. Yes. For a lengthy uh, examination of why this is, please see the Patreon. It definitely exists. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's cut this one here. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Funky town. Funky. Tao.